What happens after we die? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian Dombozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. Hey, Brian. Hey, so today we get to talk about uh, life after death. Absolutely. This is a nice, easy discussion. Yeah, it's a, this, is, this is an important one, of course. Absolutely. Uh, this one may be a topic where so many of us just kind of take it for granted Yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, put it in the top of our closet on the shelf up there and kind of forget about it until something comes up, maybe, you know, a death in in the family or or something, and then we pull it back out. Yeah. But really, this undergirds so much of what it's all about. Absolutely. Um, And so let's let's just start rolling. We have have some some good things to talk about in this one. Yeah, we've got... Heavy things. Yeah, there's some heavy things and yeah. some, some good things as well. Of yeah. course, all heavy can be good. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead and, and just read this essential doctrine as sure. we have it written, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Sure. All right. So here's how we define this doctrine. So life after death means this. The Bible teaches that when a Christian dies, he or she immediately is with the Lord. This is what some people call an intermediate state, given that the final state for believers takes place at the future resurrection. For those who are not in Christ, life after death results in being separated from Christ in a state of suffering, even though future judgment remains. All right. So So, boil that down. All right. So uh, in a nutshell, what this means is is that uh, death is not the end. That's a good summary. Um, So when we die, we don't simply cease to exist. Christians immediately enter the presence of the Lord while they they await their future bodily resurrection um, and their judgment for their rewards. And that's where it starts getting more complex. I think if we just took this in isolation, it's pretty easy. It is. I mean, what you just said, death isn't the end, period. Okay, I can get that. Right. But then we start bringing other doctrines to bear. And we have to. And we have to. Yeah. But that's when it starts getting a little bit more complicated. Absolutely. And this is where I see a lot of confusion coming out of this. And sometimes we have sloppy language that feeds into this. Right. And, yeah. You know, we'll say, hey, you know, we're going to be in heaven forever. Yeah. Not necessarily. Well, (laughs) how do you define that? Because there's going to be this new heavens and new earth. And so then it starts getting comp. Then you mentioned we're going to be there in spirit form, but then we're going to have resurrected bodies. So this is where we get into eschatology, which, of course, that has a lot of different. And we got a whole episode coming on that. And that's where it gets even more complicated. Yeah. Especially if you're in one camp that prefers charts and, and so forth. I Which mean, I have been in, so I'm sympathetic. I don't want to make it I sound mean, like I'm I use a lot of, of charts in my job, but I tend to not use it with my theology. Yeah. So, um, but there's nothing wrong. I no, mean, I came no, out of that. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so, um, but so here's the other side of this, though. Um, so I said Christians immediately enter the presence of the Lord, which is important language. Non-Christians immediately face the consequences of their sin. And yet both are not in their final state. So, like I said, Christians are awaiting their final and future resurrection where non-Christians are awaiting 
for their final and future their future and final judgment. Yeah, and and that's what is so important. And this is where on one hand getting ahead of ourselves there's a very positive affirming yes. And the other hand this is a very sobering. Oh, it absolutely. Doctrine. So let, let's look at where this is in scripture first sure. and we'll go from there. And I'll throw one of the first passages that I can think of is Matthew 25 starting in verse 31 mm-hmm. and following. This is where Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats separating the sheep and the goats. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting there and what's important is both these sheep and goats, the sheep represents the, the righteous, the regenerate, the goats represent the unrighteous or unregenerate, and both are described as going away into eternal judgment. The same word is used, same Greek word and everything yeah. for eternal both ways. So if we believe, as we are right to do, that that believers will have eternal life with God, then we must hold that unbelievers will have eternal life apart from God. Mm-hmm. Um, those who believe in what's called annihilationism really cannot reconcile that doctrine with that wrong doctrine with the scripture. Right. Annihilationism suggests that because God is loving, he will just terminate Mm-hmm. unbelievers. They will just cease to exist. That's their punishment. That, right. that Scripture does not support that. Right. Right. Um, another another verse that uh, we need to we need to recognize is Hebrews 9.27, uh, which tells us that uh, we all live once and after death comes judgment. So it's, it's uh, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more yep. clear than that. Yep. Um, and that, yeah, that yeah. judgment for the unbeliever, and, and, and this is where it also gets complicated. There's going to be a believer's judgment, not for sin. But for reward and loss of reward, the beam of judgment. So yeah, there's exactly. a lot of implications of this. Absolutely. Second um, Corinthians five eight is another one where Paul basically says to be gone from the bodies to be home with the Lord. Yep. Uh, Luke twenty three forty three, we see um, the thief on the cross beside Jesus who um, says, "Don't forget about me when you enter your kingdom." And Jesus says to him that today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. And then there is Revelation six ten and eleven mm-hmm. where we hear these martyrs ask this question: How long do they have to wait? for judgment yeah. um, and a future judgment to come, which, again, points toward something happening in the future. There's something after death. Yeah. And then uh, we also see in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, we see uh, the account of rich man of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, and so we see we see um, we see both Lazarus, a poor man, enter heaven and to be with the Lord, in uh, be present with the Lord, um, separated from the rich man who is being tormented. Yeah. So there are several, pa- and there are many more, of course. Yes, those are just a, a handful. Just a handful. I mean, uh, I mean, John three sixteen. I mean, eternal life just runs throughout. It's I mean, it's, everywhere. And I'm sure people listening are saying, oh, John three sixteen should be your first verse to well, think of. But, maybe, but. You know, it's it's an afternoon, so it's fine. It is. <laughs> so let's move on and see, are there any cautions with understanding this doctrine? And yes, indeed, there are. Aaron, yes. what, what word of caution can you think of to share first? Well, I think one of the most important things is um, I used the term, and we use this term in our uh, our definition for, for this doctrine, uh, this term, the intermediate state. Now, I... I a phrase like that can immediately bring to mind for for some people this image of the Roman Catholic doctrine of purgatory, which is basically this um, this belief that um, that you will have a period of time of purification or cleansing before you enter okay. the presence of the Lord, um, and. That's not what the Bible says anywhere. 
we don't wait for Jesus. Um, we don't wait for Jesus to be in his presence after we die. And, and in Christ, we are fully forgiven, fully That's righteous, right. so there's nothing to be cleansed the, the of. The purification and the cleansing it happens happens twofold, both immediately in terms of the uh, declarative aspect of what of what God says about us in Christ. So we are so positionally we are holy, and then we are progressively made holy as um, as we grow to be more like Jesus in this life imperfectly until the day we die. Yeah. And again, some of the passages we referenced, it's clear to mm-hmm. be to be gone from the body is to be with Christ for, for believers. That's right. Uh, there is nothing in, in between. No, Absolutely. No, no middle middle step. Yeah. Um, another caution is, and we've, we've said this already, yes. but let's say it again clearly. It bears repeating. That this doctrine points us to the reality of eternal punishment. Yes. Now, again, we're quick, and, and rightfully so, understandably so, we're quick to look toward eternal life with, with God, the, the positive eternal life, usually how we think of eternal life. Yes. But we're, we're a little bit slower to really consider eternal punishment. And again, I mentioned annihilationism before. There is no doctrine to, or there's no passage to support that. Um, the scriptures are clear that everybody will live forever. Everybody will be resurrected as well. There's a yes. future resurrection of the, uh, of the unbelievers um, before their final judgment. Yes. So what, what we have to understand is that everybody's eternal. Yep. And because of that, this should sober us. This should motivate us toward evangelism, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, even though we, even though you, you just pointed out, you know, we can't ignore this this reality of eternal punishment. We also do want to make sure that we don't want to miss the benefit that scripture points us to that yeah. believers go to be with Jesus. So what we don't want to do is, is we don't want to promote um, believing in Jesus as basically a get out of hell free card. Fire insurance. Yeah, exactly. Fire insurance, whatever kind of language you, you want to use um, or have heard. Um, it's not the gospel and Christian mission is not turn or burn. Oh. <laughs> um, it's not these things. Um, instead, what we what we need to talk about is we need to talk about both. Yeah. We do need to we need to face the reality that there are consequences for failing to believe in Jesus. While at the same time, we need to hold out and, um, pro, um, for lack of a better term, promote being with Jesus forever, because that's what God has always intended for humanity to experience. Well, yeah, if you just focus on, hey, I avoid hell, first of all, I think, man, that if that's your evangelism tactic, hey, do you want to burn in hell forever? Well, here, pray this prayer, and then you won't. I'm really struggling to see the, the reality of somebody's repentance of sin, um, you know, and trust in Christ through that lens. Not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying, man, that to me, you're you're really complicating things unnecessarily. Yeah. And motivation. I mean, how many people would say, no, I'm good with fire forever? Right. Um, I mean, some some are kind of so to me confused. To me, it's not helpful in that regard. But also, it's not the beauty of the gospel. And the beauty of the gospel is, as you were saying, Aaron, it's God's intention was for us to be with Him. Um, hell's a result of sin. Mm-hmm. And so 
we need to cast the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of God, the desire to be with him, the gift that is to be with him. And, and here's the, the great thing. This means eternal life starts now. Yes. For those of us in Christ, our eternal life with God begins at the moment you trust in Christ. You don't have to wait. So it's also, it includes our, the rest of our earthly lives yes. in with this as a gift from God to be used for his glory. So it's a much more beautiful picture that we can hold before people than simply avoiding hell. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's go and talk about the difference this doctrine should make. We've we've kind of intimated some, but again, just to be clear, let's just let's just get a couple on on the map. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first is is that re- this really should cause us to be concerned with the mission that Christ gives us, which is to go into the world and make disciples. And so we want to share the gospel with people because we want people to be with Jesus for eternity. Yeah. Truthfully, we don't want them to experience judgment. Yep. <laughs> How hard-hearted of us if we don't care a shred yeah. about people's eternal destiny like right. this. Yeah. And I mean, one of the most um, – I mean, it's been floating around the internet for quite a while, but there's a cell phone video that um, – um, one of the, the – there's a, a – duo of illusionists uh pen and teller oh yeah 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 Yeah, um one of them was oh yeah yeah was talking about how uh, yeah yeah after after one of the shows doesn't talk yes that's right that's right thank you um but pen is talking about how um how a person you know approached him after after one of their shows and you know, was talking about how, you know, he really appreciates, you know, r- really appreciates their art and what they do, their showmanship, all this kind of thing. Penn is a very open um, atheist yeah. and and really a poser of belief in the gospel. <laughs> um, he's very open about this. He thinks, you know, religion is stupid. Um, but... Um, but he, he said, you know, this guy, he approached him, he talked to him, he said, you know, I'm a Christian and, and, you know, was like, you know what, I, I, I just want to, I, I want to tell you about this because I basically, because I, I care about you because I love you. Um, and I, you know, and that was really moving for him. Now we don't know what ultimately is going to be the fruit of that. I mean, it's been several years. There's no, been no um, no mention of him having a sudden conversion. Um, perhaps the Lord is, but perhaps the Lord is working working on him there. Um, one can only hope. Um, yep. But what that mean, But he made the point that he's like, if you believe that you have basically the secret of eternal life. If you have the most important thing in the world, how much do you have to hate someone to not yeah. tell them about it? it? It's a really good video. I think it's only like five minutes long or so. It's, it's short. And, and it's, you know, we'll try and we'll try and put it in the show yeah, notes. Because I think uh, listeners might appreciate seeing that, if, especially if they haven't yet. It's, it's yes. a helpful. And, and I really respect Penn, the, his tone as mm-hmm. he shares this. Um, you know, a lot of times we think of the militant atheist, and there are those out there. Absolutely, and he may be militant at times. I don't know, but uh, at least in this, be. at least in this video, it's a very matter of fact tone that I, I re- it was a respectful tone that I, that yes. I appreciate. All right, so the other thing that I think this, uh, the difference this doctrine should make is, 
it gives us hope in our lives today. And, and that's so important. There's so many people who are struggling. Life is yeah, hard. It um, is. And, uh, and we got to, you know, talking about evangelism again, as we are sharing the gospel with people, let's not lie. And let's not present the gospel as the cure-all, that if you trust in Christ, you know, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, no, your ultimate problem will be fine. Your mm. sin problem will be taken care of, and that eternal judgment will be gone, as we're talking about in this this doctrine. Yeah. But God nowhere promises that life will be comfortable or easy. Actually, you know, the, the gospels intimate the opposite. Yes, um, that Jesus, is very true. at many times, it seems like, hey, if you're going to follow me, it's going to be hard. Yes. And we know that from experience. Life is hard um, because of sin. We live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. People deal with illnesses, lifelong illnesses and so forth, disabilities, you name it, um, poverty, um, yeah. you know, racism, all these things that, that people suffer from. And this doctrine reminds us of the hope that those of us who have trusted in Christ, even though we we bear under the weight of these injustices and ails and so forth, or even the internal ones that, yeah. that I, man, I keep sinning. I want to stop sinning. This doctrine reminds us of the hope that one day that when Christ returns, either when we die and then we're taken with Christ immediately and and. All these things are no more. All, sin is no no context any longer because we are with Christ, and mm-hmm. and then one day when He returns and makes everything right, and we will live forever with Him, worshiping Him, um, enjoying Him as was the original design. That is that hope that we cling to. That we, if we're going to white knuckle through anything, it's not our own goodness. It's Christ's goodness and this gift and this hope that we have in eternal life. Absolutely. All right, so I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 